just should be good. Every time you connect with Jesus, it changes the atmosphere. You can come into this building feeling down and kind of don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm telling you, when you get the presence of Jesus on you, things change. Things are transformed. The power just moves, and it changes everything. Amen. God's going to do some work this morning. He's going to change some lives in this place, I can tell you. Well, supernatural, big word, words used a lot in our day of different things, from movies to all sorts of things. But we know we are living in a supernatural warfare that's taking place right now, good against evil. And I'm telling you, I can tell you already who wins, who's won. Jesus has won. When we look around and see what's going on in our world, the world does not understand. But as a Christian, we understand, we can see the works of evil at hand. And that's where we need to rise up in this time, this hour, to be the voice for Jesus. We need to speak out and proclaim the victory that He has given us, the power in His name. We need to speak out because Jesus came for such a time as this. Jesus entered into our planet he came to our world for this reason. It says in Luke 4, 18, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because of this, He has anointed me to proclaim the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim deliverance to the captives, a new sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are being crushed. Jesus came on a rescue plan for you and I to defeat the works of the evil one. It goes on to say in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went out doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. John 3, 1 John 3, 8, He who practiced sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, for this purpose, the Son of God was revealed that he might undo the works of the devil. Are you hearing this, people? Are you hearing what Jesus did? Why he has come to undo the works of the devil? Some of us have just been quite happy to put up with it and just say, oh, poor old me, everything's falling apart in my world, and, and we don't stand up and fight. It is now a time to stand up and fight. You're going to see the glory of God move as God moves through his people. You know, the devil also moves through people. We've got evil people in powerful places that should never be there, and they're going to be pulled down. I'm telling you, you're going to see a lot of changes happening in the next few months in the political world, in, in lots of areas. The devil has been on an assault course for the people of God. And God is about to move. Amen. We need to understand there is an enemy, but we need to understand greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. I said greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. You need to believe that, not just be out of quota, but you need to stand on that word. You need to be proclaim that word. For the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give you life. Life in abundance. Amen. You know, when we understand there is an enemy, we can, it becomes also real. You can live in another world. You can be like the Matrix. Have you ever seen the movie Matrix, anyone? Two things going on. And, and there's the real world, and there's the fake presented world. And it's very much like we're living in right now. There's the real world, the spiritual realm, and there's other things going on. Some people are oblivious to it. 
They, they cannot see because they have not eyes to see. Jesus gives us the eyes to see of what is really going on. We have an enemy. We have a true enemy. His name is Satan. Who rebelled against God, wanting his position. As we read in Isaiah 14, 12 through to 15, it says, How you have fallen from the heavens, O shining star, son of the morning. How you have cut down to the ground you weak, and weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will go to the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will go up above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to hell to the, pits, to the sides of the pit. We know we have an enemy. The Word tells us we have an enemy. We know that enemy took, a, it says in Revelations chapter 12, verse 4, there's a reference there which people believe that it gives us under, understanding that the devil took a third of God's angels. And we know that they are running rampant as demons on this earth. It is very real. It was not just back in Jesus' time. Sometimes we can read the Word of God and we can think it was a time gone. But it is a time now also. It is a time now. And we miss that unless we stand up and understand how these things work. Ever since the fall of Adam, Satan has been in a battle for the possession of our minds and our spirits. Why? Because he hates God, and he knows he can't win, so he's out to destroy the one thing God greatly loves, his creation, you and I, and particularly he's attacking the children, as Sonia said this morning. There's an all assault on children. If you don't understand what's going on, you need to really uh, find some more uh, alternative media because you're not going to see on Channel 7 and 9, or not at this stage anyway. He tries to turn us against each other, but our battle is not with people. You know, so many fights. I see infighting even between churches and stuff. I go, this, this is not, they're not the enemy. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the world's rulers of this darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul also reminds us that we should not be overreached by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We need to wake it up and be aware of the devil's devices because he's out to get you. He comes, remember, he only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his list of things to do. He's, there's no good in him. He's the father of all lies. There's no truth in him. And I've, been, I've read books where people have got connected, and a lot of people in the world are looking for the supernatural, and they're going to the things of the devil. They're going to occultic practices. And I want to tell you, you don't get... You will not win in that whole area of things. People think they get power. Yeah, they may get short-term power from the devil, but that's it. It's, the devil's not even loyal to his own people. God is loyal to his people. God is faithful to his people. We need to understand where the attack happens. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? in you whom you have a God and you are not your own. Satan's plan is to defile the temple of the Holy Spirit in us. Satan wants to defile things. He messes up our world to try to defile us with things. Sexual immorality, addictions, drugs, alcohol, attacks on the body are usually placed, he places those desires in our minds. That's where the devil attacks your mind. You know, he said right in the beginning of the garden, uh, 
did God really say that? He said to Eve, did God really say that? He questions things. He tries to put those thoughts into your head so you question the word of God. He's a deceiver. God's plan is that our thoughts be governed by the Holy Spirit, by the renewing of the mind, putting on the mind of Christ. Because 1 Peter 1.16 says, Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. We need to conquer the enemy in our life. Jesus did the ultimate conquering. We need to stay under the umbrella of God's law. I remember hearing a speaker years ago, uh, Bill Gothard came to uh, Paradise Church at the time, did a big seminar for all churches to come to, and he likened it to like when we walk under God's command, his laws, we're like have an umbrella protection over us. So you can picture like an umbrella, like while you're under that, if you go out in the rain, you're not going to get wet. Well, that protection is a, a spiritual protection. But when we decide to step out of God's laws, God's covenant, God's ways, we open ourselves to the fiery arrows of the devil, which is spoken of in Ephesians chapter 6. We need to understand, we need to walk carefully how we walk because the devil is always looking for an opportunity to devour someone. He's a roaring lion, it says in Peter, 1 Peter, looking for someone to devour. But while we're under the covering God, he cannot touch us. On the cross, Jesus bore our sins, conquered death, dismantled the legal right for Satan to have the power over us anymore. Colossians 2.15 says this, Having stripped rulers and authorities, he made a show of them publicly, triumphing over them in it. Satan's demons cannot access a person's life unless they have a ground or a reason to be able to do so. Demons look for a legal right. So even though Jesus stripped the powers on the cross, we can open up doorways to allow them back in again. And unfortunately, some people do that. See, if they can find a place where the law of God is broken, they have room to work. Romans 6, 11 through to 14 says, Likewise, count yourself also to be truly dead to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. Do not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves to God as one alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. You are under God's grace. Do not place yourself under those things anymore. When a devil finds the law broken, he holds the people captive, so he can manipulate them. The devil is looking for, he is the accuser of the brethren. He's looking for a, a way in somewhere. And when we give him that way in, he will take that, he'll get that, you know, it's like one of those door salesmen, you know. <laughs> you open the door, they put their foot there so your cow closes it on them. Uh, I was going to say, I was like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there is certainly a... Um, an opening that is made for the devil to come in we got to understand, spiritual understand that warfare and how it all works and how what gives the devil rights into your world. You know, there's also been a lot of discussion over the years about can a Christian have a demon? And I'd say yes, because I know I've cast out demons out of Christians. But I'm not talking about being possessed. That's a different deal. You know where the head spins on the movies? Uh, <laughs> I'm not talking about possession, because if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you have him inside you. 
but you can open yourself up to demonic influences, demonic things. The demons look at you and follow you and watch you and looking for a way in. And that's what we need to be aware of. There are many ways that the devil has come in and affected Christian lives. I've seen some people just struggling all the time with different things. Now, sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it's not your fault. It's a generational curse. There's generational curse. It's something your forefathers done. And uh, we need to be aware of those things. But we can fix that up by just praying and repenting. You know, the devil will never go because he has a legal ground why you're given away to sin. But as soon as you repent your sin, he has no grounds to be there and you can cast him out. So if you want to be free of any, anything that you feel is causing that, you need to repent before God of your sin. Don't allow the devil to have a legal ground in your world. Don't allow him to enter in. Sins of family members, uh, uh, previous generations is a big one. You know, and uh, I, I've seen that in many lives as well, where things just continue and people go, I don't know why I've got this anger issue. I don't know why I, 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 you know, I have this problem and I've given my life to Jesus, I'm living the way of God and all those things. And, and you can find in their line as you start speaking, there was things in their line that, uh, that has affected them. It's like when you go to a doctor, sometimes a doctor will ask you your family history because your family history could affect the way you are. There may be something in your family, you're you know, more susceptible to one thing than someone else may be. And, and so it's like that. And and the enemy can travel down lines. The sin of your grandfather could be having an effect on you now. So I know Sharon and I, like when we, we kind of learn this sort of stuff, we, we just prayed over everything. <laughs> Say, God, forgive my grandfather. Forgive those before me that uh, have sinned against you. God, I repent of it right now. That it will have no power over me. And you break that power in the name of Jesus. For greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. We need to take that stand this morning. You know, I've seen many things take place in people's lives. Uh, uh, Freemasonry is another big no-no, all right? Like some people think it's a men's club. It's not a men's club, okay? I'm telling you, when you get to the 33rd degree, the highest level of the Scottish rites, you'll find out that the God that they worship is Lucifer, and um, it is not God that we think. Even though at the lower levels they may talk the word God, they do not use Jesus. And many people, when they join the Freemasons, they're putting a curse on themselves. And I've met people personally that have had those curses and seen them set free. I had one young lad in my youth group years ago, and um, he uh, was just struggling. He said, I just feel like I want to, keep, I want to kill myself. He said, I've been, often been in the car, and I just feel like killing myself. And, uh, and, and it just got that kind of bad, that way. And one day in his house, he actually had some weird things happening. The doors were slamming and uh, uh, there was nobody in the house. Him and his sister, they got down on the knees and prayed and uh, I, I got a phone call. Oh, you probably heard that story, but uh, I got a phone call on a pizza joint uh, like asking for me and I didn't know who was ringing me because I didn't know I was going to be there myself. We just popped in to grab a pizza on the way home and the first uh, uh, call that came through, the guy in the pizza parlor picked up the phone and this person was asking for Ian, and he's going, well, hang on, so let me just have a look outside. And I, there I am sitting waiting for my pizza, and he goes, is there an Ian Murphy here? And <laughs> I go, yeah, but I haven't given you my name. How do you know my name? And he says, there's someone on the phone asking for you. And it was this, this guy. He said, look, 
I'll explain later what happened. You need to get to, you know, he says, are you staying where you are for the moment? I said, yeah. He said, I'm coming down to meet you. And we drove back to his house. We prayed over the house. And as we got to his garage, I said, I feel something really weird in your garage. I don't know what it is. And we went in the garage and there's just like workshop stuff that you get, blokey stuff, whatever. And I go, hmm. And I said, there's, over here, there's, there's a desk and some drawers. And I said, what's in that bottom drawer? I'm just feeling there's something, something in that bottom drawer. And he goes, I don't know. It's my dad's stuff, you know. Pulls out the bottom drawer and there's the apron of the Freemason in there. And uh, found out his grandfather was involved with the Freemasons. And uh, that was kind of a bit bigger than what I really understood at that stage. So I went along with another pastor and he explained when they joined the Freemasonry group, they put a curse on themselves. Have you ever seen the stuff they do? They roll up one leg sleeve and, sorry, I mean their trousers, not sleeves, what am I called? <laughs> and they do all this weird ritual stuff, right? They're actually putting a curse on themselves. And so we had to get him to denounce all that of witchcraft of his grandfather and all that. And he was set free and he said he felt it immediately. He felt that there was a change taking place at that moment. Don't get involved with those things. Don't have anything to do with Freemasonry. They worship a different God. It's witchcraft. It's no good at all. So we see there's many ways that the devil can enter and demons enter in through bitterness. You know, that's a big one. People get bitter over people. Bitterness is a major root of sin where people harbor resentment and anger and hostility against someone, it eventually becomes a deep root of bitterness. You know, I've seen that. You know, people just, it controls their life. So the devil, because the devil's just got you. You know, I've seen that, like, even in my own family uh, of origin, I had an uncle that was like that. He was bitter because of a situation happened with my father, when he left uh, the particular where, place where my, his mother was, she was in a nursing home. We moved, moved down the south of England at the time, and they thought that he'd just abandoned his mother, hadn't helped him. That's my grandmother, and all this thing. And it was not true, but that was their perception. And there was a bitterness, bitterness in my uncle. Now, his wife, of course, was my auntie, and when they used to visit us, he used to sit in his little car outside. He would never come in because he was so bitter towards my dad and my family because this one situation. This is going on like years. And it used to be funny because if you ever seen Mr. Bean, you'll see those Robin uh, Reliant, which is a three-wheeled car. He had one of those. He'd just sit out there. we go, who's that man? He goes, oh, that's your uncle. Is it? Never met him. You know, he just sat out there on the street waiting for my auntie to finish the visit and go off because of bitterness. And my dad sensed that, and, and years had gone by, some 30 years, and we, he went over to, because uh, we'd moved to Australia by then, he moved back, and uh, he, was in a, he went into the pub, one of his old pubs he used to go to, and, and, and he saw my uncle there, and he, he said, no, nah. so I'm just going to deal with this. He just went up there and said, hello, how are you? And uh, started talking, it was all broken, just like that. But for 30 years, there was bitterness, and we never got to know who this mystery uncle in a three-wheel car was. <laughs> But it does things, and, and the de- once again, it's ground for the devil. Oh, if you've got bitterness, he's going to use that. They're going to hang around you. He'll bring other spirits. He will, he will use it to play that right out. There's a, a spirit of hatred. People have hatred. Bitterness turns into hatred for something. Or hate that person. You should never hate anyone. God calls us to love one another, not to hate one another. To love one another. 1 John 2, 11 says, But he who hates his brother is 
in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. So if you have a spirit of hatred, you are walking in darkness. You need to come to the light and repent and break that uh, off of you. Unforgiveness is another one. One of the biggest ones I find, unforgiveness. Oh, I'm not going to forgive them. They, they just, you know, I can't believe what they did. You know, I've known this person all these years and they did this, blah, 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 blah. I can never forgive them. Well, you have to forgive them because Jesus says, you cannot forgive, I cannot forgive you. So we need to learn to forgive. It breaks that hold on you because people that have unforgiveness turn to bitterness, turn to anger. It just wrecks their life. They're not the happy chappy anymore. They're just like a real disgruntled person that you don't want to hang out with. There's just a, a, a complete change in them. Jesus says in Matthew 18, 35, he says, if you harbor unforgiveness in your heart, you'll be delivered to the tormentors. So unforgiveness is a crucial one. Rebellion is another one. Uh, Proverbs uh, 17, 11 says, an evil one seeks only rebellion. So a cruel messenger shall be sent against them. The person who rebels, a cruel messenger will be sent against him. We also have a lion. Now, some people are going, oh, okay, that's me. <laughs> we, 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 I mean, as a kid, we, we find it so easy to lie because it's a way of getting out of trouble, isn't it? It's like, you know, I say this, the parents will believe it. Hey, well, there's no real kids here, a couple of younger ones, but uh, us guys, as we get older, we get smart. We were once liars too, <laughs> and we know. Lying brings people directly into agreement with an evil spirit, Remember, Satan is the father of all lies. There is no truth found in him. And when you start lying, you're aligning him with that. You don't want to align yourself with anything with the devil. The big one, occultic involvement is another way that demons get in. Deuteronomy 18, uh, verse 9 to 14. God wants us to be connected to him only. Don't play with things. You know, I've known people over the years, particularly teenagers, they experiment with things. Ouija boards is a big one. Uh, you know, I've, I've you know, and, and, and it is connecting with spiritual spirits, unclean spirits, demonic spirits. And, and I've known people play with it and, and seen some, some things, you know. A friend of mine years ago, she knew I'd just become a Christian and um, she was freaked out one night because uh, she said, I went to bed and, and I felt this something in the room and I look over where my wardrobe was and there was my grandfather standing there. Now, first of all, it doesn't sound scary, but her grandfather passed away five years earlier. And she's going, I freaked out and I didn't know what to do. And I, and I thought, you might be able to help. And straight away, uh, you know, you sometimes know when you know it, God gives you something. <laughs> and and I, 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 just, I asked this question. I said, have you been playing with any occultic stuff? She goes, what do you mean? I said, like Ouija board. She goes, well, it's funny you say that. It's because the other night I was with friends and they got the Ouija board out when they were playing things and, you know, and, and they said, who do you want to contact? Who do you want to contact? And she said, look, I've always missed my grandfather. And I mentioned about my grandfather. And funnily enough, two days later, he pops up. You know, well, it was a demonic thing, but it wasn't the grandfather, of course. Uh, but that's why I mean, the devil knows what you're getting into and he will come along to afflict you in all areas. The occult is, is very strong in uh, people's lives, and we shouldn't have anything to do with that. Um, even uh, occultic games is another one, occultic games. I remember reading in the 1980s, it was actually funny enough, it was in the Sunday Mail back then, 
there was a whole article from an ex-wizard from the occult who became, came to Christ. And he shared a story about how when he was involved with the occult at high levels, they'd send out a lot of people to learn how to build these new computer games and put something spiritual. And they'd even pray against it, curses against it. He who uses the game would be cursed. Uh, they have characters in there and all sorts. Now, he mentioned back then the game Dungeons and Dragons. And Dungeons and Dragons, I've never played it, but he said that year in America, 20 teenagers had killed themselves and they were highly involved with that because it's a role-playing thing, as far as I understand. You take, he said, when you actually uh, play the part of a demon, you're actually playing with a real demon. It's not a game. And uh, yet we have lots of people think it's a fun game and all this. They're opening themselves up to things that they should never be involved with. And I know firsthand uh, the church we were at, uh, there was a couple playing Dungeons and Dragons and the, the young guy shot himself uh, dead um, after heavily being involved with that because it took over as a fancy role game and it was just really drew him in. And the devil, the devil's like that. He, he lures you in and he's out to kill you. Idols, idols is a big one. You know, how many times I've been, families and people said, hey, Pastor, you can come over to my house and pray at my house. Yeah, yeah. And I go in there and I see a little fat Buddha or something. <laughs> I go, what's, what's that doing? Oh, it's cute, isn't it? I said, no, 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 you've got to get rid of that. You can't have anything unclean in your house and expect the blessing of God to be in the house. Oh, but it's just a, no, 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 no. It says that the uh, demons hang around things of worship because remember, Satan himself wanted to be worshipped, and so do the demons. So they hang around objects of worship. You know, uh, that's why you got to be careful that you don't have all these things. I remember um, a story uh, a friend told me he was called out to a pastor. This was. He was called out to a house. The, the couple there had been married for several years, everything going well, and suddenly everything just changed. He said, we're always fighting fighting, there's arguing going on in this house all the time, it's non-stop, you know, uh, I don't know what happened, and he goes, oh, well, okay, when did it happen? Oh, it was a couple of weeks ago, okay, it all started then, I said, well, what took place then, what had changed, and as he was t talking to a couple in their house, he looks up and he sees this uh, tribal death mask on the wall, and he goes, what, what is that? And he goes, oh, that was a present from my son, he's just come back from Papua New Guinea, and he says, what is it? And they said, it's a tribal death mask. Doesn't it look pretty cool? He goes, no, nah, it's not cool at all. When did you get that? Oh, two weeks ago. <laughs> he says, well, I want to tell you right now, you need to, that is unclean, that thing. You need to remove it from your house, burn it, get rid of it. Whatever you can do, just get rid of it. And, uh, oh, we can't do that. It was a gift from my son. He will, he will get upset. Oh, I do. Well, they wouldn't do it. And he said, the last report he heard, it got so bad in that house they said the husband was on all fours running around frothing in the mouth. Uh, just totally, yeah, it was a mess. There is, there is things that come into our house that are unclean that need to be cleaned out. That's for sure. I know when I was a new Christian, I went right through the house. I was burning everything, even almost the house. <laughs> everything I thought, you know, anything that didn't look good, it's going on the fire. And, uh, and I want to tell you there is something spiritual in that. Um, I heard about uh, uh, the Cabbage Patch dolls, okay? The, the Cabbage Patch dolls had a birthday on them. Now, there's one that actually had the, the birthday of Halloween. And, uh, and the, the occultics, well, they, pray, they lay hands on these things and that they'd be cursed and whatever. Now, the story goes that 
this particular family had this issue since this particular doll. I'm not saying it was all of them, but I'm just saying this particular one with his birthday was the issue. And he said, look, you've got to get this out of the house. So he threw it on the flames of the fire. And as soon as he threw the doll on the flames, it screamed. The doll screamed because there was a demonic uh, um, entity with it. Also with another one, a guy went to burn one of these masks because he was told, get it out of your house, burn it. And he checked in a week later, said, how would you go with that mask? Did you burn it? He goes, I tried, but it wouldn't burn. I poured petrol on it, it wouldn't burn. He goes, all right, now you take control over it. You say, in the name of Jesus, you bind that spirit on there. And he did that and, let it, and he said, blew up. <laughs> so you've got to understand these things are real, but you don't need to be scared of them either because we have power over the enemy. Other areas of the occult, are things like martial arts, now yoga. Now, this, is, this upsets people. Go, I've been doing yoga for years. Well, I read a book years ago on yoga. It was in Kurong, and it was from an ex, um, what do they call him? Uh, Hari, Kari, I don't know what it was. <laughs> some some uh, high-up spiritualist guy that came to Christ. And he says, you've got to understand, yoga was more than just exercises and stretches. They're actually positions of worship. When we stretch and do those things, we're actually in different worship positions. He said, no Christian should have any involvement with that. You can still do your exercise, but don't, don't get involved with yoga. You're opening yourself up. Now, I've had arguments with Christians on that. I said, well, even if I didn't believe it, if I got a slight doubt, I'm not going to be involved with it because I want to make sure I'm right with God. And uh, so there's things like that. Now, I used to do martial arts and before I was a Christian. I come to Christ and I was like a fanatic. I was six days a week doing my kung fu thing. <laughs> Everybody's kung fu fighting. Yeah. And um, loved it because I was really fit and uh, I was really fit. Like I'm a fatty boomba now. But uh, <laughs> I said I was, a, uh, I was down to uh, 65 kilos. I'm now 89. So you can imagine because I was just working out so much. But, um, but I was like, oh, this is cool, you know. Nobody's going to touch me. You sort of walk around with a conference like, yeah, come on, just throw one. Throw one at me. <laughs> and, uh, but then I joined a church, and I was invited along to a youth group, and I started going there. And uh, another guy had been involved with that as well. And one day in the youth group, he comes to me, and he says, just hand me a piece of paper. He says, just read this. I go, what's that? He goes, no, no, just read it. I'll leave it to you. And it was just one page on the oranges uh, of the uh, uh, Kung Fu, martial arts, and all that. How went back to the Shaolin monks, and once again the Shaolin monks practiced these fighting techniques. It was apparently because they were getting bored in their spiritual training. They, they'd introduce them to all this fighting stuff to keep them interested, and of course all martial arts have flown out of there and whatever. And um, he uh, uh, he was just saying the whole 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 deal of this whole thing was written in this form, just telling you the history of the occultic stuff that is involved with that. Because I've heard uh, another pastor that we knew, he was set free of four demons that were related to his karate, because there's a spiritual element to it. I'm not talking about, you know, chop, chop. I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about the spiritual element. And as soon as I read this paper, I just got to the end, and instantly I just felt God's conviction. I said, I can't do this. I just quit the club instantly, they couldn't believe it, because like I said, I was there six days a week, and suddenly I'm not going, they go, what's going on? I said, no, nah, I feel this is not right, this is not right, and I just quit, and because um, I'm not willing to allow the enemy to get one foot in the door, 
We've got other areas people come in, sexual intimacy outside of marriage, you know, ungodly ties. Don't get involved with these things. Rejection is another one. When people have been rejected, they turn to bitterness and unforgiveness in their heart. Ungodly belief, curses, even certain movies I've heard people being affected by, um, some real satanic kind of movies that uh, has affected them. It can go on and on and on. Uh, we don't want to be involved in any of these things. We need to be set free, and I believe that God wants to set you free this morning in this area. Look, uh, you may be carrying something this morning. I'm not saying that anyone is or isn't, but I'm saying you will know yourself. If there's things that you cannot break, it may be that there's a spirit attached to it uh, that's bind, binding to you, controlling that situation. Wherever your weakness is, the devil knows. He, he likes to come in on that and ride on that. And uh, as it warns us in 1 Peter uh, 5.8, be sensible and vigilant, vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking someone to, he may devour. Now, you've got to remember, these scriptures are written to Christians. We sometimes read this and go, yeah, that's for the unsaved. No, 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 no. They're writing these to Christians, addressing the churches with these things. So we need to understand that that is, is for you and I. But I want to say this morning that you are never set free until you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, firstly. And then if you have done that, you need to come to him daily and repent of your sins so there's no doorway for the devil to get in, no legal right. As I said earlier, the devil uses his legal right. If they open themselves to sin, then I have a right, he believes. It's like temples too. When I was in Myanmar, there's a lot of temples and one of the guys wanted to show me one of the temples and I said, I'll look from here. Oh, you can come in. No, when you go to the temples, it says you must take off your shoes because they see it as a holy ground. It's an act of worship. I'm not going in any of those temples. 2002, I met a lady uh, and I was told that this lady had had some demonic problems. She was, she'd be shaken and she'd just... All sorts of weird things happening, having fits. And uh, the, the pastor said, oh, I prayed over last year and she's, uh, she was set free. She's totally free. She kept visiting these temples in Singapore and uh, I told her not to. It's just her husband kept wanting to go and said, no, I have nothing to do with that. And um, so she didn't visit. And then a year had gone by and we went back the following year. She'd gone back to the temples. And the pastor that was over said, she's worse than what she was in the first case. Don't open yourself up to those spiritual hours. Stay, stay safe under the umbrella of God and you'll be, you'll be good. All right. I just want everyone to stand this morning. I'm going to invite the band back up here because I want to know that you're clear and I'm going to pray over you as a congregation. But you know what? You've got to make that confession yourself. And like I said, it may be something you've not even done. It may be something your forefathers have done. It may have been something in your life. You need that broken because the devil will keep prodding at it while he has a legal right. Break the re- legal right and he has no place. So I'm going to pray right now, firstly, that as we come into a place of repentance, we all need to repent. We sin every day. We do something wrong to God. And that's where the doorways are open. We need to start allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning 
in areas that he will just touch on. He may just show you something. And I'm going to pray right now that that will happen. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray your Holy Spirit will speak to everybody here today. God, if there's been any areas, any areas at all, that they've opened up a legal right for the devil to come in, I pray that you'll show it to them right now that they can repent of that and be set free. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, across this congregation, you'll be showing people clearly of where they need to ask for forgiveness. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, fall upon this congregation. Stir within them right now. Stir with them right now, for the power of God is coming. The power of God is upon you this morning. Set you free. Set you free from generational curses. Set you free from sexual morality. Set you free from bitterness, from unforgiveness. Whatever it may be, right now, if God is bringing things to you, you need to say, God, I repent of that thing. I repent this morning. God, we repent as your people. We repent of our sins that we be clean before you. God, that the devil cannot touch us. God, I pray right now that you'll just reveal those things in our hearts, in our minds right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come set them free right now. I speak to those spirits right now. Those spirits of infirmity that are upon the life of these people, on, on any of these people right now, I speak to you right now. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Be gone. Spirit of poverty, be gone. Spirit of lust, be gone. Spirit of bitterness, be gone. Generational curses, be gone. Spirits of generational curses, leave this place. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. And I declare freedom in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom over the life of these people. Those that have repented are set free in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every spirit, unclean spirit in this room. Every unclean spirit be gone out of this place in the name of Jesus. You have no power, no right, no legal right because they are the children of God. They are the children of God. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill that void. Fill that space. Bring healing to those that need healing right now. Break off that demonic hold that's causing sickness on their body. I speak against that spirit of sickness on certain people's bodies here right now. Get off their body in the name of Jesus right now. You have no right, no place. Be gone, Satan and your demons. For this is the house of God. This is the sanctuary of God. We're on holy ground. We stand in the presence of the living God, the Most High. And we declare victory over the enemy, victory over all the enemy in Jesus' name. God, I just pray right now as we stand, as we stand, you are the deliverer. Deliver us, God. Deliver us of our sin. Deliver us, God, of any spirit that's attached to that sin. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch your people right now. Pour out upon them. Come, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. 
Touch us at our point of need right now. Touch us right now. Touch us with your presence. Touch us. Set us free. Set us free. Set us free. Freedom in Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we bind every spirit in this room. We cast off every spirit in this room. In the mighty name of Jesus, there is no greater name. No greater name. No greater name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing right now, for what you're doing in this auditorium right now, touching your people, moving through. And this. There is a need for Jesus to stand tall in your life. And this morning, if you have not given your life to Jesus, I want to give you an invitation to meet with him. head bowed, eye closed. Just look to heaven right now. Look to Jesus. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, wherever you are in this place, I want to pray for you this morning. Just raise your hand so I can see you. Put it back down again. I just want to know I'm speaking to someone. Just raise your hand to heaven. If you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray right now. Your word says, as many receive you, you give them the right to become children of God. And we are your children, those that have received you. Today we stand in your truth, in your word. Jesus, you came to set us free from all bondage, more sickness, more poverty. Who has the Son has life. Life. Father, I just pray right now that you come meet with everyone in this auditorium. You'll come speak to their heart right now. Soften their heart if it's hardened towards you. Soften it right now. God, just touch them right now. Just touch them right now. Touch them right now. Let's just raise our hands in this place. Be ready to receive from Him His forgiveness. You have been forgiven. If you've repented, you have been forgiven. But you need to receive that forgiveness right now. Jesus, we receive your forgiveness. Father, we thank you for everyone here. We thank you that you forgive us when we make known our sins. Lord, I just pray people will feel that freedom right now. God, as you take that burden away, you take that sickness away, you take that addiction away. But they feel freedom, for there is freedom in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Minister your people this morning. Touch them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you, Jesus.